Welcome to a special edition podcast of Bet You Didn't Know. What was that? Oh, Evan, there was nothing. I heard it again. Well, it only seems fitting that a spirit would join us for today's episode, as we'll be talking about UWRF ghost stories. Ghost? Who said ghost? What What issue do you have with ghosts? Um, they're scary. Dude, calm down. Ghosts don't even exist. Oh, you just wait until the end of this podcast, and we'll see how you feel then. Okay, okay. Well, tell me what ghosts there are in UW River Falls. Well, do you want to hear about alleged ghosts in academic buildings or ghost spottings from students first? Uh, alleged ghosts, please and thank you. Okay, my first story comes from South Hall. At the University of Wisconsin River Falls, there have been numerous reports of paranormal activity, one of the most terrifying taking place in the attic of South Hall. In the late 1800s, South Hall was referred to as the normal school where students would study teaching. River Falls was a popular stop along the train route, and in the cold winters, passengers who were waiting for a train the next day would sneak into the building to the attic to sleep at night, for it was heated. One night in November, for an unexplained reason, a little sketchy if you, if you ask me, uh, the building caught fire and burnt down. The people who were inside the attic, for whatever reason, were unable to escape. They were burned alive. To this day, custodians and other members of staff dread having to go into the attic for maintenance purposes because of the strange things going on, such as pinching and feeling like someone's touching them when no one's there. Scratches will appear to be from fingernails in the wood, and despite sanding them off and painting over the marks, continue to reappear, although no one is able to get into the attic for it's tightly locked up. Oh, yeah. I've heard a few people mention things like South Hall's very haunted on the third floor. Little kids laugh and run around. Or there's a professor that haunts the third floor. Uh, can we talk about something a little more uh, nice? Sure, Evan. Do you want to talk about the Hathorne Cottage ghost? Yeah, I can do that. Plus, this is a friendly ghost. Hathorne Cottage has a two-story craftsman-style home complete with beautiful woodwork, fireplace, sunroom, and an open staircase that leads to upstairs bedrooms and a storage attic. In 1996, it was designated a historical structure, and it stood on the current site of Wyman Education Building, until it was moved in 1997 to a plot of land northeast of River Falls on Quarry Road. From the early 1990s until the building was moved, it was occupied by UWRF Outreach, then called Continuing Education and Extension. The cottage was also said to be occupied by a ghost. The following is a quote that we found in the archives from a member of the UWRF outreach. In 1996, while working late in my office, the pantry, one Friday evening, I was relieved to hear that I was not alone in the building, as I thought. But that Sharon Raymond was still upstairs in her office, directly above mine. I stopped what I was doing for a moment when I heard her squeaky wheel desk chair roll from one side of the room all the way across the hardwood floor, pause for a moment, and then squeak its way back to the other side. 
I thought it was odd for Sharon to roll her chair that far across the room and back again. The oddness of it snapped me back to reality that an hour earlier, Sharon had said goodbye to me when she left campus to prepare for her weekend visitors. My heart pounded as I realized everyone else had left after all, including Sharon, and that I was alone, except apparently for the ghost. I quickly packed up my things and left. Although I left in a fright that night, I worked late many evenings after that with little concern about the ghost. I decided that he or she did not mind my presence and possibly approved of me sharing the space. Okay, well, if you want to hear something really spooky, listen to this story about the Centennial Ghost. Centennial Science Hall was erected in 1977 and became the central location for the disciplines of biology, chemistry, physics, and psychology, much like they still are today. This building was dedicated on April 29, 1979, in celebration of the 100th anniversary of the UW River Falls campus. Chancellor Field even referred to the new building as a milestone for science development at UW River Falls. Research, logical po positivism, validity, reliability, and academic rigor were all topics that were deeply embedded within each discipline that soon became a trademark associated with Centennial Science Hall. The Centennial Science Hall evolved to become one of the crown jewels of the departments located on the campus of UWRF. Not many people are aware of the fact that Centennial Science Hall was originally designed to be much larger in area and depth were it not for one old oak tree. The story goes on to explain that as the Centennial Science Hall is being erected during the 1970s, a certain oak tree, still located at the west end of the building, was directly in the path of construction. The original architectural master plans of the university were to destroy the tree so Centennial Science Hall would extend to the far end of Cascade. Nothing the faculty claimed should stand in the way of progress and science. However, as ground was broken and construction crews began the demolition of the tree, strange things began to unfold that still defy rational explanation. One account describes how several of the chainsaws jammed simultaneously, causing the blade to severely cut the left hand, ironically requiring 13 stitches of one of the workers. Not to be deterred, several more of the construction crews obtained new and more advanced equipment and began cutting a major limb of the tree that used to extend south. You can still see where this cut take, takes place if you look up directly overhead while standing under the tree. This time, however, one of the tree limbs tragically fell on the construction worker and fractured his left elbow. People now looked rather cautiously at this tree as several accidents were associated with its efforts to destroy its life, its very essence and being. Some of the people on campus began to say the tree was haunted. Others were saying that the tree was merely defending itself and had a right to protect itself. Tragically, one week later, a third and final attempt was made to fell the old oak tree, this time with heavy equipment and a crane. In this instance, the crane operator reported to see something red, visceral yet tangible, fly out of the center trunk of the tree and projected itself onto the operator. In later reports, the crane operator indicated that he could not explain why his hands were prevented from moving the crane throttle. He later retired from his construction work and now volunteers at a local tree nursery. 
This final accident was enough to curtail development of the Centennial Science Hall. The provost decreed that the old oak tree of Centennial Science Hall should remain in its present location to avoid any further injuries. To this day, students and faculty alike carefully walk around the tree, not knowing what might descend from its evil trunk. Uh, I don't like this. This stuff is getting too scary. I mean, good thing these are only alleged stories. Well, Evan, I hate to break it to you, but... Don't even say it. The Sanford Sice ghost. I I knew it. I knew you were going to say it. What's the Sanford Sice ghost? What? What? You haven't heard of this story? I mean, no. I've heard that theater students perform a specific reading before any show, but I never really thought anything about it. Yeah, students in different productions on campus need to say hello to the ghost to make sure they have a good show. Wow, I never really realized that those greetings were for a ghost. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Communication studies and theater arts professor Jim Zimmerman reported having seen deceased UWRF speech professor Stanford Sizey in the Blanche Davis Theater, hence the Sizey ghost. At first, Zimmerman hadn't known who the figure was, nor it, that it wasn't real. He had only asked the man dressed in a red t-shirt and jeans if he needed help. Zimmerman was writing notes in the theater when the red-shirted man appeared on stage and then left. Zimmerman told a UWRF reporter that he couldn't logically figure out where the man went. The full account of Zimmerman's experience can be found in a 2006 book, Haunted Homeland, written by a retired UWRF professor and journalism chair Michael Norman. Norman taught at the university for 30 years and authored and co-authored eight books, including six ghost story books. His latest title, The Nearly Departed, was published in the fall of 2010 and includes many stories local to Minnesota and Wisconsin. Norman's books are available in bookstores, the library, and the Falcon Shop. The book states, this happened in the late 1980s, Jim Zimmerman, director of the musical. It was during the summer. It was about 10 p.m. after rehearsal. Um, He was sitting in the theater, just kind of scrawling down some last-minute notes to share with the cast the next day. He says he didn't really notice anything until he felt someone walking onto stage. He said he didn't know where the man came from other than stage right. The man walked over to center stage and started looking at Zimmerman. Zimmerman noticed that the man appeared to be of slight build and of medium height. He appeared to be in his 30s with longish hair and was wearing a red short sleeve shirt and blue jeans. Zimmerman called out to him and the man did not respond or react. At first, he thought, you know, this man's just a lost stranger who found his way onto the stage by mistake. This happened every once in a while and because the main doors were often kept open past midnight. Zimmerman went back to writing his notes, and the man crossed back and forth uh, across the stage and then appeared to cross behind the stage, the backstage dropping, and Zimmerman then lost sight of him. When the man didn't reappear, he considered the situation a little more carefully. Thinking about it, the only people in the theater would have been the ones that he knew, so he decided to find out what was going on. Whether it was a stranger there by mistake or there to cause trouble, he had the responsibility to figure out. Zimmerman concluded that the only way the man could have left was through a backstage door leading to a hallway. All the other doors were locked, and the only staircases were a spiral metal staircase he would have heard. 
The door and hallway limited the traffic pattern. There were two actors at the other end of the hallway, and when asked, they said no one had gone by, and they had been there since the end of rehearsals. Zimmerman knew that the actors weren't lying because there were a lot of valuable props and costumes in the theater. Zimmerman was now getting was starting to get nervous because he didn't recognize the man and because he couldn't recall hearing footsteps. He just felt a presence. The stage is above a storage room, and the floors creak a little under a person's weight, so he would have heard footsteps. After a few minutes, he gave up and went home. Pretty when sure he fits. shared the story a few days later, he was told that the man he described was Sanford Sizey. Sizey was founder of the theater and instrumental in its building. He also established a theater scholarship. He had died in 1973 from cancer in Madison, Wisconsin. Seeing a ghost stunned Zimmerman because he emphasizes that the stranger was as real as you or me. To this day, Zimmerman still isn't sure if he saw a ghost or a stranger. Some say it was Sizey's ghost haunting the theater because he was angry that the theater wasn't named after him. Wow, that story was wild. Yeah, okay, so that story was a little, little nuts, and I'll be honest, I did not realize there was that many ghost stories about River Falls. I'm not saying I believe in them, but, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, so it's a little alarming that there's that I'm, many stories. I'm just happy October's almost over, so I don't have to hear any more ghost stories. You know, <clears throat> that's a pretty good point. Spooky season's coming to a close here, and I feel like we're ending it uh, the right way, talking about these ghost stories. But uh, as always, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you, Kira, for making a special guest appearance in, in the midst of your student teaching. Hope that's going really well for you. <laughs> um, and if you want to look up other stories, there's more ghost stories out there and other just fun stories. You can look into the archives and just see what people used to write about when it came to River Falls. There's hundreds and thousands of stories from all the old years, so just be sure to check those out. Um, and as always, we post at least one podcast a month to keep your eye out. It's usually the third Monday of every month. So keep your eye out for that, and we will see you in a couple of weeks. Thank you.